The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a sibling, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a sibling, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your sibling has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your sibling, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him. Or your ancestor may hand you over to the judge, and the, and the judge to the guard, and then you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You also heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you've heard it's heard it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the, his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. And here we are. Somehow, some way, this is the gospel, the good news of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, Jesus, our Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit who sustains us. Amen. So as I mentioned, this is a difficult um, gospel reading today. Uh, I said in the first service that uh, Pastor Wolfgang was bragging all week that he didn't have to preach this week. Um, so me and Pastor Daniel are up to the plate. Uh, but, but it's important to put this reading in context. And this reading is part of a larger sermon, right? We've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount for the last three weeks. If you've been in church, we talked about the Beatitudes two weeks ago, right? Last week we talked about salt and light. And then this week we have this reading. It's all part of the same sermon, right, that Jesus is given. And he's, he goes up on the mountain, he sits down, and he preaches this Sermon on the Mount. And it's really important, also, the context of Matthew's gospel here, because this is the Sermon on the Mount. And in Luke's gospel, it's called the Sermon on the Plain, or on the level place, right? And the reason that, one of the reasons that Matthew has Jesus preaching from a mountain is because he wants to draw parallels between Jesus and Moses, Right? And Moses is the one who goes up on the mountain, and God gives him the Ten Commandments. And then he comes down and shares them with the people, right? 
And so here Jesus is referencing the Ten Commandments in his sermon. And um, here's what he says. This is kind of abbreviated version. He says, you have heard that it was said this, but I say to you this, right? And so the first one is about murder, right? You have heard that it was said, thou shall not murder. But I say to you, you shouldn't even be angry with a sibling. You shouldn't insult them or say, you fool, you should be reconciled, right? So he kind of intensifies this a little bit, um, but he's talking about reconciliation here, right? And he's talking about how it's not just don't murder, but don't harm. Don't harm. Someone in the children's uh, sermon at 8.30 said, the rules are so we don't get hurt physically or emotionally, right? And so that Ten Commandment, do not murder, it's, it's really, we shouldn't harm. We shouldn't harm our neighbor, our sibling, physically or even emotionally by insults, right? Um, and then he talks about adultery. You have heard it said, thou shall not commit adultery, but I say to you, you shouldn't even lust after another person, right? And here, again, he's, he's taking it kind of a step further, um, especially for the time. Uh, I don't know if you notice what Jesus says, but who is he angry with here? Is he angry with the person who's being lusted after, right? Like we often say in our society, right, she should just put more clothes on, right? That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is angry with the person who is seeing another human being as an object, Because in doing so, they are taking away their status as created in God's image as a beloved child of God. And instead, they're seeing them as an object, right? And so that's where the real issue is there. And then he talks about divorce. And he says you shouldn't divorce except in the case of unchastity and all this stuff. And here he's really focused on the relationship. But here the context is so important again because... In Jesus' world, there were these two famous rabbis, and they were really important, and everyone followed them, and they disagreed about divorce. So, like, we have all of these hot topic issues in our world, right? Well, this was the hot topic issue of the time, where nobody really had a good answer, and everybody was kind of either didn't know which way. One rabbi said, not under any circumstances. The other rabbi was very flexible about it, right? And Jesus kind of takes the middle road here, Like, yes, there's some circumstances, but it it does a lot of harm when it does happen kind of thing. Um, He kind of takes the middle road here. But this is such an important issue in his time that even later in Matthew's gospel, the Pharisees ask him about it again. Even after this sermon, they try to trap him and ask him about divorce again. So it's something that a lot of people were wrestling with at the time, just like we have issues that a lot of people are wrestling with, and nobody really has the answer, right? And then he says the last thing is oaths. And he says, you don't even need to take vows. Just mean what you say, right? Just let your yes be yes and let your no be no. That's how you build trust and community. That's how you relate to one another. That's how you build relationships. Just follow through. Mean what you say. And this reading is also hard because Jesus talks about all these things. And then he kind of says, if you do this or if you don't do this, then... Basically, there will be hell to pay, right? He says, liable to hell or thrown into hell. Talks about cutting out your eye or cutting off your arm, right? It's pretty extreme for what we think of when we think of Jesus, right? The one who brings us this grace and this love, right? Um, But what I want to say about this, first of all, is our notions of hell come much more, our modern notions of hell come much more from Dante and his Inferno than they do from Scripture, right? Right? 
And when Jesus says hell here, the word that he is actually saying in the Greek is Gehenna. And so Gehenna was the valley on the outskirts of Jerusalem, the valley of death. In the Old Testament, it was the valley where people would go and make sacrifices of other humans, which was wrong, yes, the valley of death. And then in Jesus' time, it's like kind of like a trash heap. It's like where everyone discards their, like, nobody took, if a dog died, right, they lived in the city, nobody took them and buried them under a rock in the woods like we would do, right? Instead, they just throw them in Gehenna. They throw them in the trash heap, right? Um, and so it's this place where all of the soiled things go, where everyone's trash goes. Um, and so we hear about, like, the gnashing of teeth, right? And so, yeah, dogs were literally fighting over the scraps at this trash heap, right? And so that's, when we see the word hell in the New Testament, this is the image that should come to mind. Almost like our dump, right? And I don't know if you've been to the dump lately, but for me, the dump is hell on earth. I hate nothing more than going to the dump. As an environmentalist, um, as a person who tries to like use less and not throw a lot of things away, it makes me so sad to go to the dump. And it really represents, if we're talking about relationships here, the dump represents a break in relationships, right? We've broken relationships with these things that we once wanted or once needed or once had, and we're breaking relationship with the environment and nature by just discarding things and harming the earth, right? And then, of course, they cover everything with a, a layer of plastic so it never really decomposes, right? And so this, the dump represents, like, the ultimate separation to me, right? And so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about hell on earth, right? But all of this also gets in the context of where these laws come from. And these laws come from Exodus, as we talked about in the Moses story of receiving the Old Testament, and Deuteronomy, where the laws are kind of fleshed out a little bit more. And our assisting minister read um, this passage from Deuteronomy 30 today, and these are just a couple of snippets from it. It says, Obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God. Obey by loving. Seems pretty simple, right? And then later in that same passage, it says, Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God and obeying God. So these commandments are about loving God and choosing life, not just like choosing life just so life exists, but choosing life so there's abundance and thriving and um, interconnectedness and lifting one another up. So nobody has to go to the trash heap, so nobody is suffering. So nobody has to be without. Choosing life for all people so that our descendants may live on an earth that's still here and still inhabitable, right? Choose life and love God. That's what these commandments are about here. And then in Deuteronomy, we also have what's called the Shema, which is like the core tenet for Judaism. Um, um, faithful Jewish people would say this prayer morning and night, and it's called the Shema. And here's just a snippet of that prayer as well. It might sound familiar to you. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. This is like one of the core tenets of Judaism and of our faith. It comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Keep these words that I'm commanding. Keep these commandments 
Not just on your hands and on your feet. Not just by doing the right thing. Because you can do the right thing and still have a nasty heart, right? We know that, right? But it's about internalizing these commandments. And it's heart work. Doing the right thing because we're doing it from a place of love. Not because we're doing it from a place of trying to impress someone or trying to look like we're doing the right thing, right? This is what this is about. And implicit in this is the love of neighbor, right? And doing the right thing and showing that love to other people. But we missed it. We missed it so much that Jesus had to make it explicit in the greatest commandment later in Matthew's gospel. Our reading today comes early in Matthew's gospel. This comes later. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Sound familiar? It's from Deuteronomy, right? This is the greatest and the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Right? So when we're talking about the law here, it's about loving God and loving neighbor. It's about being in relationship. That's what the laws come down to. That's what they're really about. And so all three of these passages that we've looked at, the two from Deuteronomy and the one from Matthew, they have the same thing in common, that they're all focused on love. They're focused on relationships. They're focused on connection. They're focused on not breaking that and not making that separation and hurting one another, hurting the earth, right? So the law is about life and it's about love. It's not about just following the letter of the law, right? Hopefully it's easy for all of us not to murder anybody, right? But it's not always easy not to harm one another, whether it's physically or emotionally, right? We have to go beyond just the letter of the law. We have to do the heart work to go deeper in what we are being called to do as faithful Christians, as faithful people, right? It's about that reconciliation. It's about that rebuilding. It's about that knitting together. It's about that creating life and life, not just for the sake of life, but life for the sake of flourishing and lifting one another up and mutual aid and taking care of one another. And so this, what Jesus is talking about here in this gospel, it's really an ethic. It's a way of living every day. It's not a checklist of do this or don't do that, right? Although we love checklists, because they're easy to read, it's very satisfying to check things off, right? We love checklists, but this is an ethic. This is heart work. This is something that's internalized and then flows out from us. I've been thinking a lot about checklists um, because we're expecting a baby in July, and my wife has been making all the checklists of all the things we need to have done before the baby comes, you know, and she's planned out we've got 21 weekends, and every weekend we have to do something, and so like this weekend let's do this thing, and this weekend there's like sticky notes on each page of each weekend, right? Um, and so, um, but it's not about that. Our baby will be okay whether we get all the ceiling fans replaced or not, right? <laughs> it's about living this ethic of love and compassion and trust and letting our yes be yes and our no be no, right? And being consistent, right? That's what it's about. And it's similar with um, those of us who are white and anti-racism anti work, right? We, we want a checklist, Say this, don't say this, right? It's as easy as that. But we know it's not, right? It's so much deeper, so much more rooted in us. And so it has to become heart work. It can't just be checking the boxes 
to be anti-racist or reading the book. It can't just be all in our heads. It has to be something that we live out and that we do the hard work of doing the action, thinking about it, evaluating, and, and, and it has to flow out from us naturally because we're so invested in it. And this is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about being oriented towards love. Because thanks to Jesus, we don't have to check any boxes to be loved, to be saved, to be filled with grace, to be named and claimed as beloved. There is no checklist for us in our Christian faith. But as a result of that, we cannot help if we really think about how wonderful this grace is, how freeing this grace is, we cannot help but show that love and grace towards our neighbor, towards one another. We cannot help but want to be in right relationships with all people. We cannot help but seek out reconciliation and life together, abundant life together, communal life together. So this is what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about the law. It shapes our life together, and it shapes our life together, rooted and grounded in God's love. Amen. Thank you.